Hello and welcome to For the Love of Truth. I'm called Adrian. Today I wanted to share a conversation I had with author Ludwig Gartz, where he explains how the high finance is the control mechanism for our enslavement and how that is gradually coming to an end with the collapsing deep state and people's breaking free of the mind-controlling mass media. And he explains how the enslavement and the road to freedom is laid out in symbolic form in The Lord of the Rings by J.R.R. Tolkien. I'm going to read you an excerpt from his free summary book, which I will link to in the description of this podcast. The high finance, symbolized as Sauron, ruled this world through their control of money, symbolized as the One Ring, through the deep state, symbolized as the king of the ring race, and by controlling our minds through the media, symbolized as Minas Morgul. In the symbolism of the Orc War in Minas Morgul, all three of these are interwoven. The high finance control the Bank of International Settlements in Basel, and the central banks, including the Chinese, Russian and American Federal Reserve Bank. They own the World Bank, the International Monetary Fund, BlackRock and Vanguard, and in this way is the majority owner of the largest corporations on earth. With their control of money, the high finance dominate the corporations and the billionaires, and with money, deep state and media, they also dominate the governments of this earth. The dialectic with which the high finance rule the world consists of capitalism and communism, for the automatic redistribution brought about by capitalism, which gives rise to ever-larger corporations, conglomerates, cartels and monopolies, they extol socialism and communism as the solution. For the enslavement brought about by communist dictatorship, they extol capitalism as the great freedom, liberalism, libertarianism. As long as the vast majority of people are inclined to one of these two sides, right or left. We cannot escape this dialectic prison. The deep state are organized in two blocks, pretending to the world that they are competing, while in reality, the theater thus staged is controlled by the high finance. To ensure that people cannot escape the dialectic with which the high finance rule, the Western bloc is set up so that the corporations and billionaires are more powerful than the governments, See the power of Bill Gates, George Soros, Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk. And the Eastern Bloc is set up so that the governments are more powerful than the billionaires stroke oligarchs. See especially China and Russia. For example, the high finance can advertise in the alternative media that Putin's government is taking on the oligarchs who step out of line and will not put up with anything from Western capitalists. However, it is the high finance alone that determines whether the corporations stroke billionaires are more powerful than the government or the government is more powerful than the corporations stroke oligarchs. Without the high finance in the background, the billionaires in the West would not be more powerful than governments. And without the high finance in the background, the governments in Russia and China would not be more powerful than the billionaires stroke oligarchs. So with that as a setup for this discussion, I thought you'd really enjoy having a listen to what I talked about with Ludwig. And remember, you are amazing, and I'm looking forward so much to speaking to you in the next episode. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye.
Well, Luke, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to join me and to have what I'm sure will be a very interesting discussion. Well, um, thank you for, for having me and let's see. Yes, it should be interesting, I think. Okay. All right. Um, you sent me a, a very interesting document, which gave me a great overview of um, what we're going to be talking about. Uh, and I was wondering whether that might be something I could share with people via the show notes, if you will. Yes, yes, yes. I, I forgot to include uh, when I sent that that you can you can feel free to share it as widely as as you wish. And I, I appreciate that. So that being the case, perhaps I'll hand the floor over to you, and you can just start to describe um, using the symbolism of the Lord of the Rings how that applies to where we currently find ourselves uh, in our life experience. <laughs> that's a very small and a very big question yes because i mean everybody i mean people who have uh, dealt with the world of talking more more um, thoroughly they know that Tolkien made some statements as to that there is no deeper meaning in what he says mm -hmm. and i just found when i worked my way into it that that's just not true. I mean, it's so full of uh, yeah. maybe the wrong wording, deeper meaning that there is no analogies to our world. So yeah. that so that there is no people thought they saw fascism in there and, and this and that. And he said there is no such thing. And um, I found that the, the whole symbolism is deeply, deeply spiritual, mm -hmm. just full of spiritual meaning. Mm -hmm. And another thing I found is that as each single figure has carries a specific meaning and different figures acting together uh, through a certain event, that there are consciousness processes that are being described by what he's writing. Mm -hmm. And then I, I began to interpret these processes, what is actually happening there. And then eventually I started to compare the processes with our history and thought, well, is there, are there historical events you could compare them to? Mm -hmm. And then I found that that was very well the case. And there was even a chronological order uh, in his events and in our history. Mm -hmm. And I mean, after like three or four such instances, I th I, then I thought, well, maybe the whole thing, mm. maybe the entire thing is... Uh, even going back all the way to the Silmarillion, maybe this entire thing is a spiritual history of mankind or of a certain part of mankind. Mm -hmm. uh, from the beginnings, we were here, right? Because uh, he starts with a creation story, and then there are conflicts, and then there are certain unresolved conflicts. There, there, there are events where things are being stopped, like... Uh, the uh, the storming and the storm of Lavala on on Middle Earth, where where the problems are just being stopped, not resolved in Middle Earth, but stopped from 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 Amman. And then another case where where Sauron is uh, defeated, but the One Ring is not destroyed, which also shows there were there was a certain level of problem solving, but there were many things that remained unresolved mm -hmm. in our history. And everything that happened in the past, and uh, let's say the problems that happened in the past and that remained unresolved, stay in the collective subconscious 
mind and still wait to be solved, still wait for healing. Mm -hmm. And in a way, everything is coming to a head in our time. Mm -hmm. And he's showing those that remained ill, that remained unresolved, and so that we have an understanding, what is it actually that, that needs healing? Yeah. And uh, there's different things on, on different levels. It's because uh, the human consciousness is very complex and the entire symbolism that Tolkien has is a very thorough, very detailed description of the human mind with all its levels, with all its parts, with all um, also the whole problem in duality, the, egos, uh, the, the, the problems created by ego. <laughs> you see, it's, it's in a way, it's very complex because the human consciousness is complex and you have this level, the spiritual level, where you see the consciousness and then you have the extrapolation where you see, well, what's, what's happening in our world? There's always these two levels. Mm -hmm. What's going on in the consciousness and what can you conclude what is going on in the world from that on that basis? Mm -hmm. So basically... What happened, uh, the, the particular story from the Lord of the Rings, if we, uh, if we confine to that, because that, that in itself is already very, very complex. Mm -hmm. It refers, from my interpretation, it refers to development that has been going on for around 700 years. Um, because there was a time that's been symbolized uh, in Tolkien's work by the absence of the One Ring, mm -hmm. which was up until the High Middle Ages when we had financial systems that were um, that included uh, a mechanism that the wealth that was being created was distributed in a just manner mm -hmm. and those systems they collapsed due to the arise the the rising of, of greed mm -hmm. basically there were um, monarchs who circulated what what is called bracteats i don't know if you ever heard of the word no <clears throat> they was mostly in central europe uh, basically in the german-speaking area but also outside and there was money that that had a money tax which was uh charged every like two or three years when the monarchs uh, called in the money and you had to give everything back and you received nine new ones for ten old ones mm -hmm. and the one that he kept was the tax that everybody had to pay. Mm -hmm. So, and everybody knew, well, this is the way that money is being circulated. So there's no, uh, there's no need in hoarding the money because if you hoard everything and then the moment of tax taxation comes, mm -hmm. you just have to pay tax. So it's better to either invest it wisely, see what pro projects you can uh, finance, or to lend it away uh, tax-free, um, interest-free, sorry, interest-free. Mm -hmm. So in that way, you had a credit system that worked without interest and created a very general prosperity throughout the high Middle Ages with no real differences between the class. There were not, there was not, I mean, there were classes, like, of course, there was the, the aristocracy, but there was no real... Um, difference in wealth mm -hmm. i mean there's lots of reports that simple simple people craftsmen and, and and farmers they had just they just ate with uh silver cutlery just like everybody else so, so there was a really um well distributed wealth mm -hmm. for a long time 
And then um, greed occurred with the monarch. I mean, there was another system that was um, used by the early Templars. They had a kind of a, a, what you call a wandering interest mm -hmm. that went along with the money, which had the same effect that which was had to be paid regularly. So it made no sense to hoard that to have to hoard those uh, what were they called? They were called like credit letters. Mm -hmm. And this, the effect was again to give to give money away interest free, so that many projects could be financed interest free. So there was no redistribution. There was no concentration of capital, as we have seen ever after when after the collapse of those systems. Yeah. No. And um, like, <laughs> and what I can see from the symbolism is all the problems we've had since or that occurred, successively occur, go back to this change in, in consciousness uh, with the upcoming greed and the change in the monetary system that now reflected this change in the consciousness. Yeah. Because the interest money that we've had since then serves the greed of certain people at the expense of all those who work. It creates, the one thing it creates, it creates many things, like nine different things, which... In my books, I explain more thoroughly, which is basically uh, the nine ring rays that Tolkien describes. And the one ring is our monetary system on the, on the material level. It all has also the level of consciousness, as, as I said, which makes it a bit complex. Mm -hmm. But if we go to the, to the physical level, uh, <clears throat> there's the monetary system, the nine effects. And one of these effects is the automatic redistribution of wealth. So you have an automatic... Uh, impoverishment of the working people and an increasing need of money because you have a lack of money and an increasing need of money and that creates a compulsion for the economy to grow mm -hmm. we know that from politics that they say well is there a problem well the economy must grow the economy must grow the economy must grow because this redistribution keeps creating the problem that ordinary people do not have enough money yeah in the system and all they, all they know is, well, the economy has to grow. So the first effect you then saw was that from what I see and what also the symbolism of Tolkien suggests is uh, the, the first big effect was the onset of colonialism because there was a, a lack of money being created in Europe among the ordinary people. And the solution was, well, let's conquer the world. Let's get colonies, exploit them, and then we have enough. Mm -hmm. The other thing that was being created is that the <clears throat> monarchs in Europe started to to take on loans, which they had to pay interest for, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. they created an ever-growing thirst for money because of that. And they started to try and tax even uh, the cleric, the clerical world, and their own aristocracy mm -hmm. to get enough money. Uh, for the, for the loans they had taken, and so they had to enforce, they had to enforce their power to get all these taxes, and that created absolutism. So the time of absolutism, the time of colonialism, both go back to the change in the monetary system, mm -hmm. right? And also, of course, this um, absolutism created a rift between the monarchs and the uh, the general aristocracy who didn't want to pay that many taxes. Mm -hmm. And of course, the, the money lenders who, we, who were the, the only profiteers of all this, 
who were in the background, they exploited those uh, conflicts that occurred between societies and the monarchs, and particularly also between the aristocracy and the monarchs. And uh, eventually, that was the driving factor on creating the democracies that we today have. Mm-hmm. Because they found, found, found democracies much more useful to rule over the people than, than the monarchs. It's still ruling the people. Yeah, and uh, and it's an invisible rule because it's a rule through the money. You see that we are being ruled by the money, but and, and you can guess that there are people behind the system who profit from it. Mm-hmm. But they themselves keep them. They keep themselves invisible, which is, I mean, this this small group of people is Sauron. We'll be back after a quick break. Welcome to the Alchemy of Natural Healing. I'm your host, Laurel Dewey. True healing is an alchemical process, meaning it must transform you on all levels, body, mind, and spirit. What affects one affects all three. True healing is one of the hardest journeys you'll ever travel, but it's one of the most rewarding and fulfilling when you get to meet yourself for the first time. If you're ready to take that journey, let's get started. Everybody knows uh, uh, the big evil mm-hmm. in, in, in the Lord of the Rings, and they are invisible. Mm-hmm. They are in, in, in the all-seeing eye, so they see everything, they know everything. I mean, mm-hmm. they have set up the, the total spy system to, to know everything from everybody on this planet. Mm-hmm. And uh, they are invisible themselves. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. that symbolism. Everybody understands that. Big Brother watching you, everybody understands that. Well, they even have the symbol on the dollar bill, don't they? Yeah, they even have it there. Yeah. So it's quite easy to see. This whole process that then came was, on one level, they took more and more control of this world, of the physical level of this world. But that goes along with a spiritual decline because the collective consciousness, the consciousness of, of men was getting darker and darker. In, in the sense, darkness means selfishness it became more and more selfish and self-centered and and in fact it, it is the, the the selfishness and unawareness in the collective consciousness that they use to rule over us on the physical level let's go through the physical level and then through the spiritual level so so we don't get mixed up right mm-hmm. so what happened on the physical level first through the occurring greed there was a uh, the adjust monetary system we had in the high middle ages collapsed. An interest system returned that was starting to automatically redistribute the wealth uh, upwards created by the people to the top. Yep. So and eventually in the course of well that was started in the early 14th century, so 14th, 15th, 16th, less than 400 years we had a new high finance, a small group of people of super rich. Mm-hmm. And the moment, the moment they took control was the moment, uh, basically, of the founding of the Bank of England in 1694, because mm-hmm. they took control of uh, the English king. They took control of the Commonwealth, and from here they took, they started to take control of the whole world. Mm-hmm. And that was the first reoccurrence of Sauron. Which is one instance in the story where where Gandalf sees uh, Sauron has come back. Mm-hmm. 
And coming back means the rain that Sauron had in the past, the last rain he had in the past, was ancient Rome that was ruled by also by an invisible hidden high finance, by a, by a group of uh, some, a few families who controlled the monetary system mm -hmm. and who are not even mentioned in the history books. Yeah, because they remained invisible to the end. Yeah. And how that, well, how that ended, ended and everything is also in his books, but that would go too far now. But So he reoccurred. So we had financial system, unjust financial system coming, a high finance coming that was exploiting, starting to exploit the whole of mankind. Mm -hmm. Then they had a network of, uh, by the way, um, the and to refer to the symbolism of Tolkien, so people may wonder. Um, I, I talked about colonialism and and absolutism. The absolutism is symbolized by those who know who know Tolkien's books. Is symbolized by Smog the Dragon, because he takes uh, he conquers uh, Yerebor, the mountain of Yerebor, and chases away the dwarves who live there, and. The mountain of Yerebor is one aspect of what I call the nineness, which is the nine aspects of the human mind, which has three uh, energetic. Uh, there's an energetic mind with three uh, layers. There's a mental mind with three layers, and there's a spiritual mind with three layers. And the energetic mind, one one of these layers is the our sense of being supplied for in life, being provided for. And that aspect is symbolized by the Yerebo mountain and the dwarves there represent, uh, I call it the self-healing powers that we have to bring this part of our mind into balance. And, and that self-healing power is uh, selfless sharing. If we have a sense of selfless sharing in a community, then everybody feels taken care of. Mm -hmm. But if that sense disappears and everybody fends for themselves, that creates a sense of lack. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened uh, through absolutism. Because, as I said, the kings had to impose higher and higher taxes to get the money they owed to the moneylenders. And that destroyed the sense of selfless sharing that had been there throughout the Middle Ages, mm -hmm. or the, the High Middle Ages at least. And... That is symbolized by the spreading, the spread of the dwarves who were chased away. And so we have the symbol for absolutism is the dragon. And the dragon had all the gold as well, didn't it? Yeah, the dragon stands for fear and terror. It's a symbol of fear and terror because he, he strikes fear into everybody. And that is the fear that the monarchs had to strike into their people in order to, to take their money away. The people had to be afraid of them to to allow him to take their money, mm -hmm. and the the treasure he sits on. Well, <laughs> that's also the spiritual level of it because there are many stories where dragons sit on treasures, right? Uh, many old sagas and fairy tales where dragons sit on treasures. That is basically the symbolism that when our mind is ruled by fear. All the qualities, all the uh, talents that we have, they come to do not come to fruition because we are too afraid to live who we are mm -hmm. and to make use of the qualities and the talents that we really ha have to contribute to 
a good life for everybody else. Yeah, and so symbolically that's represented that the fear is controlling all of that because it's hoarding it, if you will. Yeah, it's holding it because we, we don't get to it. Yeah. You talk to people, you have that, and then tell them, why don't you live it? Well, I'm too afraid. Yep. No, that's the dragon controlling us and keeping the treasure at a point where nobody has anything of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then the the high finance, also the, the money lenders, they started to, um, they, they have always been running secret societies. Mm-hmm to do things that nobody was knew that they were doing them. And they eventually used these secret societies, particularly the Freemasons, as we know, which they had, uh, what do you call it, taken over or undermined um, in, the, in the 1700s. And they used these secret societies, basically the many of the aristocracy was organized in those secret societies, like in the Freemasons, to see how can we further our rights and go against what the king is doing. And eventually they used those secret societies to stop the power of the monarchs and create uh, democracies which they controlled from the onset. Mm-hmm. And this taking control of the societies, taking control of the political systems through secret societies and their doings, like with uh, blackmail and, and murder and whatever they do. Um, that's symbolized in the story of the witch king of Angmar, who leads a long war against the kingdom of Arnor, where Arnor is also one of the three uh, kingdoms of men, which is the mental level, the three layers of our mental level, where you have Rohan, which is the area of self-esteem, appreciation, the value that we feel. Then you, have, then Gondor, on the other hand, is uh, the law, the, the sense of justice that we have in the law and the rules in society, uh, the integrity of people. Mm-hmm. And Arnor is the sense of possibility that we have, or the sense of power, the sense of sovereignty. And the witch king, the, the war of the witch king against Arnor symbolizes these centuries where they, where the moneylenders slowly took control of all the European countries by controlling their monarchs and eventually also abolishing monarchies and the means they use, which were really criminal means. I, mean, mm-hmm. if you, I don't know if you have read, have you, have you, have you read anything of Tolkien? You don't know this, the, the story of the witch king of, of Angmar? No, I haven't. But since we spoke last time, I have bought the, the full 50-something hour audio series. I'm going to listen to that. Wow, yeah, well, I do that while driving. That's it's, yeah. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a good pastime when you when you drive a car. Yeah. Yeah, because he uses what does he use? Um, he uses the black nomorans, he uses uh, trolls, he uses I mean that's symbolizing all the, the methods they use to get control, to get power over all countries. But basically it was already in the eighteenth century, already before if I may just interject there, there's a good book called The um, Confessions of an Economic Hitman, which will give you some ideas of some of the methodology that's currently employed. Yeah, I mean, that, that that's going on in the 20th centuries, where since the 20th century, we, it is completely cr- clear that we are being ruled by criminals, I mean, by complete criminals. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's no, I don't know of any uh, government that acts in on behalf of its people, really. No, they act on behalf of the corporations. Yeah, sure. They are our, our governments are our enemies. I mean, that's very clear. Yeah. The human mind has 
four layers, no, no, three layers. I mean, there's a, or you could say the soul, the human soul, the eternal soul is four sheaths when it comes to duality, when, when we are born as a human being. The fourth sheet being the physical body, where which is not a, a level of our consciousness, but the other three is uh, from our consciousness, which is uh, you have, from the perspective of the soul, you have that spiritual layer, you have the mental layer, and you have the energetic layer. And when the consciousness is darkening, it's it's the darkness is kind of penetrating from the outside, from the energetic through the mental to the spiritual. And when even the spiritual layer is in darkness, then people have absolutely no more control over themselves. They've completely been ruled by outer forces, which is basically the type of consciousness we went into through the throughout the 20th century. This darkening is symbolized and being ruled by this monetary system is the darkening of the energetic layer because the darkening there means we no longer live in a sense of sharing with others. Mm -hmm. But we live in the sense of how do I get enough money? How can I afford a good life? How, uh, how do I build up assets that allow me to enjoy some luxuries and do this and this and that? Mm -hmm. That's the focus, not the focus of living, being surrounded by people who, who share a sense of abundance that we all live in. Mm -hmm. That focus got lost. Mm -hmm. So that's represented that when that was lost, this financial system took over. Then on the mental level, um, well, that's basically living the sense that we need to live, feel that we live in a just world and that we have all the possibilities to live the life we want to live. And that was kind of destroyed by the creation of the deep, you could call it the deep state, uh, uh, this, this network of of secret societies that took control of our governments. We can call it the deep state. I mean, you can give it any other term, but mm -hmm. that's the common term. Which means they, this deep state being there and, and the high finance having this level of control over the mental mental part of our mind means, well, we can see we no, no longer live in a just world. We no longer live in a world of possibilities because there are a few people who have all the possibilities and the rest has to earn the money that <laughs> that has to be given to them. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, and even our legal system is just keeping that, mm -hmm. keeping that injustice going. Well, it's been designed to do just that. It's not been designed yeah. for anything, any other purpose other than to support this whole criminal system. Yeah, exactly. I mean, our legal system has become a part of this Prime. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Well, when you, I, I've lately seen a, a list of uh, of the numbers of the percentages of people in Germany, the judges, the uh, mayors, and the school directors who are Freemasons, and the percentages <laughs> are somewhere in the eighties, nineties. Yeah. yeah. They control everything. Yeah. Uh, it must be similar in England. I'm sure it is. Yeah. I'm absolutely sure it is. Yeah. You see all sorts of what you would consider to be an injustice going on, but it's just a normal function of the way those societies work. Yeah. yeah. So if you if you don't sell your soul to them in a way, you don't get to any high position. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So all that is in the symbolism. And so we had that part. So 
the democratization only started when the high finance had made sure that they would have absolute 100% total control over all democracies that yeah. would emerge. Yeah. Then they came. So they had this energetic layer through the control of the money system. Then they had this mental layer through the, um, the deep state they created that gave them total control on the governments. So, and the last thing, the spiritual level is they got control of that in the early 20th century, actually through the, through the First World War. Where, where they created a level of fear in the collective consciousness that allowed them to create systems of mind control that make people believe they have their own opinions while they only have the opinions that are given to them. <laughs> yeah. And to this day, it's, it's, it's like that for the vast majority, although we are now in an awakening process that there is a critical, I think we have reached a critical number of, people who have by now escaped that mind control yeah, and to a point where they cannot reverse that process. They cannot reestablish the level of mind control they used to have for over a hundred centuries. So it started in the first world war, mm -hmm. it now lasted globally lasted over a hundred years, but they are now losing it. Yep. And the fact that they are losing the mind control also poses and poses an immediate threat to the uh, to the mental layer, so to the deep state itself, because we now start to see what they are doing. Yeah. So they can't do something, commit some crime, and say they were it was them. Yeah. Com commit a crime crime here and say it was them. And then you have parties fighting one another who are actually both innocent but believe the other is guilty. Yeah. I mean that's the kind of game they've always played. That's in that way they started two world wars yep. from the background and made those people who, who they considered their enemies kill one another to the millions. Yeah, and profited massively at the same time. And pro yeah, kill, make them kill and, and profit. Yeah. And that's what they're still trying to do now. I mean, if you see in the world, they're really trying to trigger the third world war. Oh, I. Yeah, so they're trying to, to uh, make Russia and China attack the West, basically. Mm -hmm. And uh, and they would love to have hundreds of millions of dead people again. Yeah. But as I see it, the awakening has come to a point where when you see the Russian people, how, how they try to escape going to the military, they, people just don't want this war. No. I mean, it's clear that everybody, if they got this war, the US would be the loser, Russia would be the loser, China would be the loser. Yeah. All of Europe, we would all be losers. Yeah, the, the, the only winners are the ones in the background. And those who started the war from the background, they would win. That's right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and the, oh, by the way, this, this meeting, we're going to end in about a minute and then just start it again because of this upgrade thing uh, on okay. Zoom, which I've not upgraded. But yeah. what I was going to say was to people, it's really important that you, if you can, wrap your head around the idea that a war will only exist if you participate in it. Yeah, exactly. And if you refuse to participate in it, like the Russian people are doing, because they don't want to yeah. want to join in, there can yeah. be none, because all of these crimes that are committed are committed by people like you and I yeah. that are going along with instructions that have been given to people that are <sighs> stupid because they don't realize it's being fed to them by these controllers in the background that are benefiting from yeah. it at our loss. Exactly. And the entire deep state, as powerful as it is, it depends on one thing that we do. It depends on us obeying. If we do not obey... That's right, compliance. If we do not comply, they collapse. Yep. And that's actually what the symbolism is showing that we can continue with because the 
according to the symbolism, the next thing happening is with the deep state. This war, this this World War Three will collapse. It won't happen, and the deep state will collapse. Yeah. And before we continue with that, uh, there's one small detail for those who just refer to uh, Tolkien's world. This this moment that started everything that we suffer from today was the moment of recurring greed. Is symbolized by Deagle, the Hobbit Deagle finding the One Ring, and the Hobbit Smeagol killing Deagle and taking hold, taking hold of the One Ring. And uh, Deagle symbolizes a searching, a researching mind who wants to know new things, and that is in this researching mind found found this possibility of creating a money system that would make you richer and richer at the expense of others. Mm-hmm. And Smeagol stands for the desire that you want the things that you see. So the desire, wow, that would make me rich and powerful. That desire took over and took charge of the One Ring. So this greed for money and power took over this re-emerging monetary system. And that started everything after. So with this... With the ring finding, all the problems in the Lord of the Rings started. Mm-hmm. So that I didn't explain. So done that now. So we can come back to the deep state that is will collapse because we they are losing the mind control, mm-hmm. and they they try to use this mind control and the the coercion that they are uh, applying to us through the deep state to to get a third world war triggered. But if we do not obey if we do not comply they won't it won't get to that and the deep state will collapse and i expect this collapse for the next year uh, it's becoming plain and obvious even the people that don't want to see what's going on can start to see the level of manipulation and control that's happening yeah and you see more and more things coming into the mainstream through journalists who thought well i never thought about where you see they are not entirely they never entirely knew what was going on. They're now starting to realize things that they then start to talk about. They are not supposed to talk about, but they always thought they are somehow living in a just system. They now realize they don't. Mm-hmm. That they've had a hand in promoting. And, and and that they were part of this and part of fooling the people. Yeah. Well, they are the major part of the mind control, the media. Yeah. Yeah. And some and some are conscientious enough to, to talk about it. Yeah. What What they now realize. Yeah. Well, those those who know the symbolism, there is this sudden end of the King of the Ring, the King of I mean the the Witch King of Angmar that we talked about, the secret societies. He, when Arno when Arno was destroyed, when the kingdom of Arno was destroyed, which means when the moment was that all the European countries had lost their sovereignty to the moneylenders, they were no longer sovereign in the 18th century. So it's about a quarter of a, of a millennium ago. It's been a long time already. That we're no longer sovereign. Mm-hmm. So when that was done, he went to Sauron in Mordor and transformed into the king of the ring race. And the king of the ring race is that symbol for the deep state that controls everything with its uh, suppressing power and intimidation that doesn't allow anything to occur or to emerge that would be a threat to the old system. Mm-hmm. And this one is... This one is being killed, and uh, the woman, uh, the the figure who kills him is is uh, the Princess Eowyn of Rohan, who is a sem- symbol of uh, 
selflessness or selfless service or selfless commitment for a better world. And she's that symbol for all the, all the efforts that so many people make to stop this cruel uh, system that is, tra- that is treating ju- us just as slaves mm-hmm. and not complying, and not complying, it, not obeying to it. And the symbolism says that that will end. And what, what happens just before the death of the King of the Ring Wraith is just before there is Frodo's and Sam's escape from Minas Morgul. So Frodo is a symbol for our common sense. And Sam, who goes with him, is a symbol for habitual uh, optimism, just to make being optimistic a habit. It's, he's always, well, Master Frodo, we have to go on. <laughs> it's like, no matter how difficult it gets, he says, well, we have to go on. We have something yeah. to do. We have something to achieve. Let's get it done. So there's this, always this optimism, even if you think, well, we never get there. Will this thought, will we ever be free as a mankind? Well, who knows? But if we don't try, we will never will. So we just go on. We just mm. go on. As long as we can, we go on. And by, by the way, just to interject there, if people don't think that you are in a slavery system, try and go against what the rules are and see how long it is before they pop you into a cage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is called a prison. It's still a cage. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> it doesn't take long, no. There's so many things you aren't allowed in Germany to say that even on the, on the basis of our history, if you say certain things about certain people, you will end up in prison very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. Minas Morgul, <laughs> I mean, the, the symbolism goes very deep. There is seven places in Middle-earth where the old Numenorians brought the Palantiri, the seeing stones too. And Minas Ithil, that later transformed into Minas Morgul, is one of them. And Ithil is, and the stone there, is really a symbol of the human heart and of the mental level, which is basically the clairvoyance that we have from our heart, from seeing with our heart. And Minas Ithil was the first place to be conquered by darkness when darkness became stronger, which means that the return of fear, of people being ruled by fear, the first thing that is gripped is the heart, that uh, the love of the heart is covered, and the courage that we have there and the self-confidence that we have here is all covered by uh, by fear, and that the love turning into fear is symbolized by Minas Ithil turning into becoming Minas Morgul, a place of terror, place of fear and terror. It's another, it's very similar to the dragon because it's also the symbol for fear. It, in, in Tolkien's words, it's also a symbol for the mind control that is exercised by means of fear, by, by striking fear into people. Yeah. Because that's what the media are constantly doing, they're constantly creating fear for all kinds of things. Yeah, Frodo, who stands for our common sense, finally escaping Minas Morgul means that we reach that critical level of escaping the mind control. Mm-hmm. And to my, um, I'm I'm always kind of allocating these events to our, uh, to where we are in our time. And to my, in my perception, this escape happened this year, but in the middle of the year, we are beyond this mind control and. And what we are seeing is a scary world, but it's also the death, death throw, throws or throngs? No. Throws, yeah. Throws, the death throws of the, 
of the of the of the global deep state that we are seeing. Yeah. This deep state is desperately fighting to stay in control. Yeah. Because we are no longer complying. Or a critical number of people is no longer complying. And every single human being can make a big, big difference. Yeah. Because the the critical mass that we need to bring the deep the top the global deep state to a collapse is not fifty percent. It's it's just maybe ten percent of the people. So yeah, I, I think it's probably around ten percent to change everything. Yeah. Yeah, and we are getting very close to that percentage. Yeah, as I'm seeing it, because yeah, they invest so much coercion, so much power. To get this war going, and it doesn't seem to work because people just don't want it once. And if we, if we have a firm commitment to peace, if we we don't want, we want peace, we don't want to comply, and uh, then there's nothing they can do. Yeah, yeah. So that will end, and then comes according to the symbolism what is coming actually is. Um, so if you if you compare that to the human mind, it means that. Uh, if we escape mind control, it means we have control of our own spiritual level again. So if if we don't even think our own thoughts, if we don't even think our own thoughts, then we don't do not have ourselves. And that was the condition we were in uh, during this period of, of mind control since first World War One and up until this year, I would say. So it means we are we are just regaining our sense of who we are. Mm-hmm. by starting to think our own thoughts again yeah, and not the thoughts given to us by certain people. Yeah. Someone, someone used to, I've been saying for a while as well that, you know, I don't, I don't want, I don't care. I'm not trying to get people to think like me. I'm just trying to get people to think again for themselves. Yes. Yes. I don't care what they think as long as they are thinking. That's the bit that concerns me the most. That's, that's what we need. When people come to me and say, well, he says that, and he says that, and he says that, and I don't know what I should believe. And I, I say, you don't, it's it's not about what you should believe. Yeah. Think for yourself, use your own mind. You have a capacity to think logically. Yep. Apply it. To have the capacity to you really make use of your common sense. Mm-hmm. Think your own thoughts and come to your own conclusion and don't say, well, I have to come in line with what he says, or I have to come in line with what he says, because what he says, he's so clever, he's probably right. <laughs> but this also ties in with this, part of the, the deep state control is this externalization of power that you have to go to, and someone else is an authority in your life, because it's yeah. established itself as that. And when you start to think for yourself, you become the author, the authority in your own life. And that's so important. Exactly. That's author authority. You are the yeah. author, become the author of your own thoughts. Yes. So you, you become your own authority. That's yeah. You write your own story. Well, very well worded in that way. Yeah, exactly. So they used to control us on all three levels. So they, they have lost the spiritual level. They are losing the mental level when we regain our sovereignty. And I expect... When that happens, so when the deep state collapses, I expect a certain uh, renaissance of true values. Mm-hmm. But people come to their senses and think, well, what is really important in my life? What do I really want to live for? What uh, What is worth living for? Mm-hmm. And get their own integrity straight. Mm-hmm. And that's what you see uh, in the Lord of the Rings when the, the king of the ring race dies 
And there are two other things also that Aragon is coming back to the battle. And then the whole thing turns and what, what seemed like a desperate, hopeless battle against the forces of evil then turns and the battle on the Pelennor fields is being won. And that symbolizes uh, really an ethical renaissance of the people, a regaining of integrity, a regaining of a certain level of sovereignty also. And if that happens, there's not that much that the high five, but Sauron is still going on. I mean, he's still there and he's still trying to get the one ring. The, the quest for liberating us won't be over after the end of the deep state because what, what uh, the high finance still have, they still will have the control of a monetary system. And this system is on the spiritual level, it's fed by materialism and the, 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 the word the um, symbol for materialism is Mordor, you, you will have heard. That's why Frodo and Sam have to cross Mordor to get to the Mount Doom. So that's the existence of the One Ring and, and, and Mordor is the two things that keep Sauron in power then. And by, by the way, if, if I might just interject, for, for materialism, look at every single advert everywhere in any kind of media. It's all about consumption and materialism and nothing else. Yeah. It's, it's, it's sucking us in. Uh, do you want this? Do you want that? Do you want to enjoy this? Do you want to have that? That's all the values. That's all the values presented to us. That's right. And it's also, it's buying stuff you don't want with money you've not got to impress people you don't even like. <laughs> it's, that, it's that thing, yeah. And the whole thing is a total trance or it's a total hypnosis. So, and um, there, there's lots of talk in the alternative media now, or even in the mainstream media, that we are uh, heading towards such a complete impoverishment that we won't even have enough to eat. We won't, we won't have anything. Well, that's one thing they, they planned to get uh, our life circumstances worse. But I think it won't be too harsh because I think they, they want to, 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 to get this deterioration to be slow enough so that we stay hypnotized by the system. We stay hypnotized by trying to improve our situation by means of what the system has to offer us. Yep. If it becomes too abrupt, it will be like a cold shower and we can, well, and then we can reorient and that would be too dangerous for them. I think they will, mm -hmm. just as it was very tough in the last decades, it, it will continue like that. And this tough dragging on is Frodo with this ring, which is so heavy that he, he can hardly move. Mm -hmm. So the system will overall try to make our life difficult hard, but with a slow deterioration of things getting worse and worse to ultimately offer us, well, we have a solution for you. <laughs> Nobody, there's a majority of people now who don't even have a, have a job. So we offer you an unconditional income. All you have to do is you have to have an account with, a, um, you know, for a, for a digital currency, and then you get yeah. your, your thing. And then they want to lure us into this digital currency, abolish the cash, and then they have total control. Well, the, yeah. the, the, the plan they have is quite clear. Mm -hmm. But um, I don't expect it to come too soon because of the resistance. They will have to make it slow in order to keep people in hypnotized.
I, I, I would agree with that because if you shock someone, you can normally wake them up. Yeah. If it becomes too shocking, people will understand too many things that happened. Yeah. And they will, they will see that the system they are trying to hold on to is really their enemy. Yeah. Well, isn't this a funny thing that people look to the thing that created the problem for the solution? Yeah. <laughs> That's our imprisonment. Yes. We make the problem, we, 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 want the problem that created the problems to be our solution and that that makes that leaves no escape yeah and also you're so hypnotized that you want you want an external force you want trump you want something to come along and save you yeah. it's not going to happen you are responsible for freeing your mind and yourself from this yeah and they might even take these figures and uh you know this this uh this total dictatorship might come in the form of they are selling us uh, a golden age. Yeah. Well, look, it's so difficult. Yeah. Well, we take care of you. You get this and you get that and you have all kinds of amenities. You just sign here. <laughs> you just sign here. And we will take, off all, we'll take care of all your problems. Yeah, you're signing your soul away. Yeah. You're giving all the power to them who, yeah. who, who promise you that they will have a just system for yeah. you, but it will be just only as long as, ha as they have to be just. And then when they see now they can change it, they will change it and they will be harsh. That's right. And another really important point that comes from that is they require you to willingly do this. They will coerce you, they will bully you, they will use force, but it's up to you to commit because it's you they want. It's your energy, your soul. They want everything. Yeah. Which goes back to the compliance thing. It's your agreement. I agree. It's it's our compliance, our agreement they want. Yep, yep. And then they can say, well, you wanted it that way. That's right. You wanted it that way. <laughs> it's not us. We are not the evil ones. Yeah. You wanted it. <laughs> yeah, and, and, that, uh, and it looks, according to the symbolism, it looks like it's going to be a tough process for most people because... There is only one solution. There's only one real solution. That's waking up. Yeah. Waking up and taking responsibility, taking charge of your own life mm -hmm. and acting, not becoming an adult and acting like an adult. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only solution. Yeah. And letting go of this dependencies and uh, this uh, victimhood we see ourselves as victim of of, of the system, um, which we don't have to be if we take charge. And we, then, uh, when we take responsibilities, and we are not victims. Mm -hmm. And and blaming the system and seeing ourselves as victims is, is a very lazy uh, way of uh, well, I don't have to do anything because they are so evil, and they are to be blamed, and they have to change. And I don't have to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see that ending well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you, you can blame up your whole life as long as you want, but it won't change anything. Yeah. Well, this is the other thing. If you simply take responsibility for everything, including things yeah. which have been done in your mind to you, yeah. that means that you have the power to correct everything. Because if you're responsible for anything and everything, then you can fix anything and everything in your own mind and in your own life. Yeah. And that seems to be the, the, the basic and the most difficult thing. And that comes back to the One Ring, which is all about, because... The original symbolism is that Sauron wrought the One Ring in Mount Doom, or in the abysses 
in the embers of Mount Doom. Mm. And the embers of Mount Doom symbol is a, are a symbol for our underlying sense of guilt that we have taken from the time we have left unity. In a way, we have we created this sense of separation, this ego, in our sometime back in our soul history that triggered the whole thing that we went through in our evolution. Mm -hmm. And this separation from God created a sense of guilt that will be there as long as we are in this sense of, as we are keeping ourselves in this sense of, of separation. Mm -hmm. And the ring that is wrought in this sense of guilt is, is the projection of guilt or the blame, this blaming others. That's, that's the one ring. Others are, are, others are wrong, others are to be blamed. We are the good ones, others are the bad ones. We, are the, we have the proper religion, others are non-believers. We have the proper ideology, others are Nazis or fascists or whatever you call them. We have the truth and others are wrong. Yeah. And that's the one ring. And what a burden that was to carry. Yeah, yeah that, that is the real burden we carry. That's the burden we have to get rid of. And the only way to get rid of this is waking up, taking responsibility, as all, all that we said. Yeah. That's the original creation of the ego force, and that's also the mindset that allows elites to control us. Mm -hmm. Because then you, you only need to create two camps and tell the one camp, well, they are to be blamed for everything, and this is why. This is what they do wrong, this is what they do wrong, This and this is what stops you. And you tell them they are to be blamed for everything, and you have bomb in the, both sides in a blaming mind. Both sides can prove, well, it's really them. Yeah. And they can say, it's really them. And both are stuck and can be controlled. And all the, all the elites have to do is tell them, you are right, and force your views onto them. And tell them, well, you are right, and force your will onto them. And then you control both sides. That's right, yeah. A better word for elite, by the way, I think, given that what they are is predators, would be predators. Yeah, elite is still, there's still a positive connotation to it, and they, yep. there's nothing positive about them. No, they're parasitic predators, that's it, they prey on you and I. Predators are criminals, really. Yeah. Yep. Actually, the whole thing is, uh, is a mafia system. I mean, yeah. we are being ruled by a mafia. Yeah. Mafiosis, you could call it. But predators is good, yeah. Pre predators, the, pre the, the predators who like to consider themselves as elites. <laughs> Yeah, and, and if you, because in my mind, if you're using the correct language to describe something, you can more accurately know what you're dealing with. Yeah, it, it's better. It, it's better. Yeah, I, I I use normally you, and you treat them with caution too. <laughs> yeah, I, I usually use like to prefer to use a more neutral term of the high finance because that shows well it's through money that they control us. Sure, I I, I agree with that. Yeah, <laughs> I think high finances would be good uh, because that's a it's a technical term. And it's a technical way of ruling that they uh, they have. Oh, I. By the way, if you go along with the digital currency, it's going to get a lot easier to control you as well. <laughs> <laughs> Much easier. I mean, if we if we agree to the abolish, abolishment of cash, uh, that would be the end. So by the time they really abolish cash, we have to have alternative uh, systems how we provide for ourselves so that we yeah. we, we are not blackmailed into complying with that system. Yeah. And that when you were talking before about how, you know, they said, well, we'll give you this, we'll give you that, that I think will be the mechanism for doing it, the digital currency. Yeah, yeah. They, 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 they promise you all kinds of things and uh, that make, 
They first create your problems, and then they give you the solution for those problems that they have created. And the solutions will be the nail in your own coffin. That's right. <laughs> it's it's a game being played out on many levels, isn't it? Yeah. So, but if you see it on another level, if there are three, as I said, there are three levels of the human mind, but we are about to liberate the second level, which is a huge accomplishment, mm-hmm. which is which is huge, because it means they only have this uh, monetary system and there are. Uh, the reflection of the monetary system uh, in the human mind is this blaming attitude. Yeah. Blaming and not taking responsibility. Um, because if you blame somebody, you, you, you tell them, well, it's your fault because now it's your task to correct everything and I don't have to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? And what the monetary system is, I give you a loan and now you have to pay and to pay and to pay and I have done all my duty by giving you a loan because now I can take your money yeah. and you have to do all the work. Yeah. Yep. It's the same mechanism. Yeah. And what we need in this world is, I mean, the, the, the money um, or the, 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 the guilt projection um, really splits us in, in, in two camps, those of predators and those of prey. Yep. Those who take the blame and, and try to work it off uh, until they don't have to feel uh, guilty. <laughs> and those who keep blaming and putting pressure on others that they have to work off their ass to to pay back the guilt they have incurred. Yeah, yeah. That's the split. Predators and prey. And then on the monetary level, you have you actually have three camps. You have this the, the small camp of the predators, of the, of the mega predators called high finance. And then you have the camp of those who think the system is in their favor and those who, who think the system is bad for them or the monetary system is bad for them because they have to just keep paying yeah. and earn everything of it. So the, the, the kind of the loser camp is made into socialism and then those who think they profit is made into the capitalist camp who mm-hmm. think the, the system is in my favor. And these two camps are played off against one another. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but they're both they're both two sides of the same coin. They're still the problem. Yeah, because they're both they're both in this blaming mind. Because uh, those who think they have gained some assets and some wealth so that they profit from this, they insist that the system is correct and that they can ask money from others for the things they lend. Mm-hmm. And those in the socialist camp. They are in this blaming thing that they say, well, the government has to set things right and the government has to create some kind of justice so that I'm taken care of. Yeah. So they refuse to really take responsibility. And, and these two sides are played off and both sides will be losers in the end if, if that game comes to, uh, if they succeed with this game. But I see that they, they will ultimately not succeed because we're going to, we're eventually going to wake up to being real humans and mm-hmm. taking responsibility and creating the world that we really want to see. Yeah. And that moment is uh, symbolized by the destruction of the One Ring, because then the, when the ring disappears, all the symbols for the negativity disappears, Sauron disappears, which means this uh, these predators who rule over us will disappear, and then we will. Mm-hmm. Then we will be free. So that will be also on the spiritual journey mean that we have taken what we have um, healed on the energetic level as well. The energetic level means that we are, have recreated uh, our sense of sharing. Yeah. 
with the people around us and with the society around us. We no longer uh, try to exploit anybody and we no longer want that a government takes control who cares for justice because we are capable of creating a just community for ourselves. Yeah, yeah. That's the, that's the goal that is also in the symbolism. And that would be roughly <laughs> a quick walk through, through the whole. Well, I, I think, first of all, that was such an interesting summary, and thank you for that, because you captured a whole lot of information in a, a very straightforward way you discussed it. So thank you for that. Yeah, I, uh, I tried to make it uh, graspable somehow to, 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 get, yeah. to get a quick picture. I mean, the book, the, 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 interpretation, uh, the book with the interpretation of this whole yeah. story since ancient Rome is the, the Ring Annihilation. is a book of around 400 pages, so there's much more detail to it. Okay, well, I, I will, if you will send me the links where people can get that and to a website and your YouTube channel, I'll put all that in the show notes as well. Yes, well, at this moment, you will have uh, the Ring Wraith Annihilation, which is only the interpretation with respect to our time. Yeah. The next book that's coming up very soon is the symbolism of talking with all the explanations of the individual figures and symbols in his world. Mm -hmm. And the next thing after that will then be the Ring Annihilation, which will take a few weeks from now on. Okay. All right. That, that, that was... It was... It was really very interesting and eye-opening for me as well. I did watch the film since we last spoke, yeah, uh, which is a poor interpretation, but at least it gave me more of a framework to work with. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's better to really, if you have the audiobooks with, uh, with a complete reading, that's much better. I've got those now, but I looked at that and went, I haven't got 50 hours between last week and this week to do that. So. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, you, you, you need to buy a, uh, a weekend house in the north of Scotland and go there every month, and then you, you have time during, while you drive your car. <laughs> I have a, a good old motorhome, so we do a lot of driving in that, so I could listen in there as well. Oh, okay, good. You gave a lot of encouragement there, I think, to people about, because you, you, I'm of the same mind as to where I see it going. Is there anything you could say to people? Because a lot of people will still be trapped in terrible fear right now. Yeah, that's the main problem. The main problem is fear and um, a sense of hopelessness that many people have and also uh, a blind anger that some people are in when, whenever they think of, of the predators we're being ruled by. And um, yeah, it doesn't seem possible to change anything possible, uh, positively. But we have to we have to keep reminding ourselves that what is happening in the outside world is a mere reflection of the collective mind, mm -hmm. and we are one cell of that collective collective mind. And the only way to bring a positive change to that collective mind is that we bring this one cell that we are into balance mm -hmm. to find healing for ourselves. Yeah, I mean to find a way to get rid of this negativity. To, to find joy and hope instead of this hopelessness, mm -hmm. to find a state of saying, well, I'm a happy person. Mm -hmm. Irrespective of what anything that happens in the outside world, I'm happy and I am full of confidence. And you see, it's to, to create your mind in a positive state, because the only person in this world who can change that is, is yourself. Yeah. Of course, it is legitimate to get some help if you feel I'm so stuck in negativity. I, I just need some help. That's le legitimate. But be aware of your own 
goals that where, where do you want where do you want to be yeah to to create this i mean i want to live in a in a state of joy in a state of com- love and compassion and confidence and in a state of inner peace mm-hmm. and forgiveness mm-hmm. and i know it's a it's my creation to be in that state yeah and my responsibility to be in such a state and that should be the goal make make yourself that goal and if you say well this is happening in the world and this is happening in the world and this is happening and, and i cannot it makes me so hopeless and it makes me so scared then stop feeding your mind with these things yep and if you haven't already done so stop watching television mm-hmm. or if you go into all these alternative uh, channels that feed you with information on uh, yeah on the threat of a world war or on, yeah. on all these negative things are going then stop that yeah. If that just drags you down, stop it. Yeah. If you say, well, they are telling the truth and I know I want to know what's going on. But if you see it, it's just dragging you down and you can't mm-hmm. bounce back from that, then don't see it. Don't read it. Yeah. Take care of yourself. Take care of your own mind. Take responsibility for your own mental and spiritual well-being. Yeah. And that's the, 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 the supreme duty that we have. Mm-hmm to bring ourselves into a positive state. Mm-hmm. We not don't manage to do that if there's not, not much we can do in the world anyway. I would add something to that as well, that, yeah. you know, the physically doing stuff as well, to if, if you think, for example, there's a food shortage coming, do something to remedy that situation because you're physically... That comes on top, yes. You're taking a physical positive action and that demonstrates something to yourself as well because it's a reflection outside of what you're then changing inside. Sure. If you are afraid of a shortage coming, of some uh, very difficult times coming, then, and you can't argue against that, then, well, then take precautions. Really take care of uh, of uh, having enough food in the house. But that still comes back to taking responsibility because it's all, it's all a reflection of the same thing. Exactly. And then... Because the fear might not only be an intrinsic thing in your own mind, because there might be certain things from the outside, which realistically speaking are, are real threats. And then you take responsibility for, well, if this comes, then what do I need? What do I need? And then I take care of it because now I'm still in a situation to take care of enough food, take care of enough whatever else, heating and whatever else you need. And... Um, and if I might add one other thought as well, Ludwig, it's it's never underestimate your own resourcefulness because you are yeah. a component in something much grander. You're an individual, you've got your own life to live, but you have access to so much creativity within and through yourself to get through anything, let alone this. Yeah, because what we really are and what also the human brain really is, the brain really is a receiver for universal consciousness and also for universal intelligence yep and that can come in so if we are open to that and if we get ourselves and that all comes down to getting ourselves into the right mindset into the right positive mindset to be open to that and then fear cuts you off from that frequency yeah fear cuts us off from that and then they of course they do all kinds of other stuff yeah. to cut us off from that don't get no. vaccinated <laughs> all these things and uh, see what you're eating and, and, and drinking and, and so on. Um, but yes, we are 
a receiver cell of a universal consciousness that has all the solutions we need and that that has all the intelligence that we need to solve even the yeah the yeah. biggest problems yeah and you don't have to solve the problem you just solve the component problem that you have become or you are part of yeah and you by 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 the laws of uh, resonance you you just create a network with people who are like right. you are like minded and create a community who are yeah. mutually supportive. Absolutely. And we get through this. Absolutely. We'll get through this. Ludwig, that was a very, very enjoyable conversation. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm very grateful that you uh, replied to my request. Thank you very much. So, I'm, And uh, I hope that some people now in the English-speaking world have seen the, the, the depth and the greatness of the symbolism of talking. And I've become curious to, to to read a bit about it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and one other thing, by the way, symbolism is massively important because everything the deep state does is symbolic. Yeah, it's all symbolism. Yeah, because that affects us. That affects right through our psyche. It's everything. Yeah, because symbolism. I mean, symbolism as such. Many people think that symbolism is a bad thing because what they see when they see what, what they are doing is they're using it only in a negative manner all the time. Mm -hmm. But it can be used in a positive manner, and the ancient scriptures do use it in a positive manner, such as um, the fairy tales, really. If the very old fairy tales, they are written in such a symbolic language that, language that speaks to us, mm -hmm. and they describe a specific problem in the human mind, and the happy end at the end is... You go through a process and then you come to the state of balance or the, to the state of feeling. And that is that is in the in the symbolism. And even if you don't exactly understand what this is about, if you read a fairy tale and let it work on you, it does something positive. Mm -hmm. and, and that's also what I felt when I read The Lord of the Rings. You go through this and when everything is sorted in the end, you kind of, <sighs> because you you've really gone through something even if you didn't understand what 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 this all was really about yeah yeah and that, that's why i think reading the books or listening to the books is more important than the movies as well because it's your own internal journey that rather than some interpretation that's being programmed to change something yeah and they create the pictures and you should create the pictures for yourself yep while reading you should yeah. not let anybody produce these pictures no yeah that's true mm. so um yeah what a pleasure. What I'll do is I will get this edited up over the next week, then I will send you copies that you can use as you see fit as well. I'll do an audio version as well. Yeah, I have Yeah, I have an English uh, YouTube channel with only a few, very few videos that I made three years ago yeah. on, uh, on the symbolism of talking. Uh, and I will put it also there and I see maybe get further videos there for there. And maybe yeah. we'll have another interview in some time. I don't know. Oh, I would like that. <laughs> yeah, I would like that very much. <laughs> if you come up with with some idea or I come up and we just yeah. see if we can make another one. That'd be marvelous. Thank you so much. You look after yourself in the meantime. Yeah, also also uh, to the viewers, if you have certain ideas, questions, or if you say, please talk about this and this and this and this, you can make your suggestions and then we can see. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, fantastic. Ludwig, thank you. Thank you. Take care. Speak to you soon. Yeah. Take care. Thank you.